Welcome to A Walk In My Stilettos, where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host, Makini Smith. The purpose of this show is to inspire you to walk in your greatness. We have conversations with amazing women that are letting us take a walk in their stilettos so that we can continue to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. Today's guest, we have Coriel. She's the empowerment powerhouse. Also, um, she's an author of Work 101, creator of Work, Pray, Slay, host of a weekly podcast called Confessions of a Workaholic, organizer of Busy at the Beach Getaways, and founder of Work Meg. Also, uh, the Get Money Gang, which is her personal coaching and consulting services. So please welcome to the show, Coriel. Hello, hello. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and to share your journey and your wisdom and and inspire um, our audience. I appreciate you. Thank you. Excited. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so I like to start the show by asking um, this simple question because I feel that as women, we have so many different titles that we go by and we forget the significance of a title that we're called many times a day, which is our name. So do you know what Coriel means? I do not. In my mind, Coriel means that my mother was being creative. So I had to Google it myself because I was like, is that a real name or did her mom create that? You know, um, we all have uh, names that come from, from different backgrounds and stuff like that. So according to uh, nameslook.com, the meaning of Coriel means smart, enormous, and good understanding. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> So I, I wanted to really just jump right into your story. You know, how were you able to turn your $35,000 a year teaching salary into a six-figure brand? Like walk us through how your entrepreneurial journey began. So um, that's the number one question I get all of the time is like, how were you able to do it? And it wasn't one way. Um, the, the honest answer is I was able to do it through creating multiple streams of income. And so that is um, why I'm so passionate about helping other women to create multiple streams, because that was literally the key to my freedom. Um, and so in 2000. 10, I was engaged um, to be married. It ended up being an abusive relationship. I called off the engagement and I honestly just was so ashamed and wanted to like leave town once that relationship was over. And so I applied to teach overseas. I had decided, you know, I'm going to give up my teaching job here in Atlanta to go teach overseas in Abu Dhabi. And when it was just about time for me to go, literally two weeks before I was meant to um, go over there, I had to have a real get real moment with myself and realize um, that I was going for the wrong reasons and I was literally trying to run away. Uh, and so, you know, even though I could go, I knew that eventually I was going to have to come back. And so I just decided that it was not worth um, all of that to just run away from my problems because those same problems are going to be there when I got back. And so that was kind of the opportunity for me to figure out what my next move was going to be. And that is the start um, of my entrepreneurial journey. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So, you know, you, you spoke to uh, multiple streams of income and I think in this day and age, nobody can really survive or thrive off of one stream of income. Um, can you just, um, I guess maybe list a few of the different streams of income that, that you have. 
Sure. So with my travel brand, for example, that's kind of one of the easiest to kind of break down. But with my travel brand, the main um, offer that we we have is the travel tribe. So I'm literally taking women from around the country to beaches around the world. And aside from the group travel that we do, I also have a travel agency um, with travel agents working underneath. So not only am I able to you know monetize the group trips that I'm actually a part of, I can also monetize uh, personal travel um, to send other people around the world and still be able to you know get paid from that. Um, when you're going to the beach you need essentials. So I also have a drop shipping site that sells swimsuits and beach towels and beach bags and all of your um, travel essentials. And so just one way that I've been, you know, able to kind of further monetize or take one idea or one stream and kind of break it up. But aside from the travel business, I have books, I have planners, I have merchandise. I, um, like you said, I do coaching. I have the podcast um, and I do events as well. So those are a couple of um, ways that I've been able to kind of diversify my income. So I, I love that because, you know, you've been able to take all the things you're excited about and all the things that you're able to do and your talents and gifts and monetize each one of them. I think oftentimes, you know, the women that I coach and I speak to, I'm always having to point out the different levels um, and streams of income that they have inside of them that they can produce starting today. You know, they feel like, you know, they have all of these ideas and that they have to do just one thing, but you don't. So I love that you're an example of that. So thank you. Of course. I love it. Thank you. So what inspired you to write Work 101? Oh, my God. Work 101 was a long time coming. Um, I really got to a place where I felt like, um, you know, after the abusive relationship, after, you know, exploring entrepreneurship and finally finding success uh, within my own business, and then all of the personal development that I had done, I really um, realized that God had taught me all of those lessons so that I could turn around and teach them to other women. And so my very first book, Work 101, is literally um, a compilation of those life lessons. So it's 77 health, wealth, and lifestyle lessons, things that I learned that helped me to become the woman um, that God created me to be. And so that is literally what the book is, me sharing my biggest lessons learned. I love that you mentioned personal development because I'm, you know, big on on that. So after going through your adversities, you've seen that there was things within yourself that you needed to uh, work on and evolve in order to reach and tap into your potential, basically. And I think that a lot of people don't understand the importance of personal development, the importance of focusing on yourself first before you can actually go out there and and you know, have the best relationships and business and success in all other areas of our life. So I think that's, I think that's a, you know, a key thing for you to touch on. Absolutely. I think that, um, you know, so often we get caught up in the professional goals and, um, and really going after, um, you know, our career goals, but so often we neglect our personal development and there is no way that I could be, you know, who I am or doing what I do if I had not invested and continue to invest in myself personally, just as much as I do professionally. Yes. You see, I was, <laughs> I was in a, um, an entrepreneur group on Facebook and I was really enjoying all the content until there started to be a lot of, um, posts really kind of bashing the personal development world saying, what does that have to do with them building a business? And really it's key in you building a business and who you are and how the, the 
um, opportunities that you go after or even your ability to, to be confident enough in yourself to do certain things or even have relationships with other people in business to be progressive. Um, yeah, so personal development is, is major. So um, I, I want to speak to, um, you know, your mission behind Work, Pray, Slay, because that's really an all-encompassing thing um, on success. So what is the mission behind Work, Pray, Slay? So Work, Pray, Slay is um, a four-day fun-filled weekend for women who are ready to win. And the work is uh, meant to encourage women to dedicate their life to their dreams. So the work with an E that I'm always ranting and raving about is the effort and the energy that goes into your own dreams, aside from what you're doing for other people, which is the work with an O. So the entire weekend experience um, encourages and empowers women to dedicate their lives to their dreams, which is the work, to ground themselves in faith, which is the prey, and to show out in celebration of their success, which is the sleigh. And um, this year, well, not this year, because we're in 2019 now, but at the end of last year, 2018, we actually expanded the brand um, to be more than just a weekend experience with the launch of Work Magazine, which is a lifestyle publication that spotlights and celebrates hardworking women. And so the um, big idea is just that, is to provide a platform where we can educate and empower women, but also celebrate the women that inspire us on a daily basis. I love it. I love it. So, okay, with, without a publicist, you know, you've been able to be featured on many major media platforms, including Forbes, Essence, um, you know, HuffPost, and, and even receive celebrity endorsements. So can you touch on the importance on putting in the work, you know, and marketing and prayer um, that's required to make all that that happen. Oh my gosh. Um, that is like the secret. It's putting in the work. It's really realizing that you cannot hire enough people. You cannot pay enough money for people to, um, you can pay enough money for people to know you, but for people to respect you enough to want to seek you versus you doing a bunch of pitching that comes from putting in the work. Mm -hmm. I just tweeted something a couple of days ago, and I think it literally um, speaks to what you're asking about, but I believe you have to make a name for yourself before you introduce yourself, right? right? Or you, because you're received totally differently. If someone comes looking for you to share your story and to tell the world about the work that you're doing, they are coming to you from, you know, that place of uh, of respect, right? Versus, and not to say there's anything wrong with, you know, using PR or pitching yourself, but it's just a different relationship when you are um, pitching yourself or wanting to, you know, talk about yourself, basically, which is what you're doing, asking for permission or opportunity to be able to tell the world what you're doing versus going out there and doing that and then allowing the world to come looking for you. And so the biggest thing I think that has been a blessing for me is that I I have not, you know, ever pitched a media outlet or, you know, asked somebody would they interview me, but I let my work speak for itself. And when you are literally living and breathing um, your brand, when you are doing the work on a daily basis, day in and day out, people will find you. You don't have to go looking for them. Yes. Uh, I believe in that 1000%. Um, you know, I mean, I haven't been in the same personal branding space as long as you have. And I, I feel like the perception of it is very different in Canada versus in the U.S., which is why I love being able to, you know, be in both spaces. But oftentimes when I speak on panels and even actually just today, I received um, a request from someone looking for mentorship on how to be uh, pitched in the media. And my answer is I've never had to pitch myself to be in the media. 
I've been on most of all the major platforms in Canada, the US and South Africa, but I have never pitched myself to be interviewed or asked to be featured. It was all word of mouth or them seeing the value in the work that I've been putting out there. People don't want to believe it. <laughs> People think, that, <laughs> you know, that, that there's some secret, but there is not. And that is common among so many people. I would even, you know, most of the people that I know are not working with publicists to get these um, features. It literally is being connected to someone um, or, you know, just doing the work and people finding the work that you're doing versus, you know, you sliding in their inbox trying to tell them what you're doing. Let your work speak for itself. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So um, I guess earlier you mentioned about the, um, the getaways that you do. Um, the busy at the beach getaways. That's something I definitely want you to speak more about because that's something I'd be interested in, in participating in. So can you share uh, more about how that works and where people can find info on it? Yeah. So busy at the beach. Um, this is our fifth year doing it. Super proud to be able to celebrate uh, five years, but it's really an opportunity for women who work hard and deserve to play hard. I believe in a good vacation. I believe in not stressing ourselves out. I believe in self-care and all that good stuff. And so Busy at the Beach is an opportunity to take women who otherwise may not have had an opportunity to celebrate themselves to some of my favorite beaches around the world. Um, and so this week, well, this month, next week, I'm actually taking a group to Cabo. In April, we're going to um, Montego Bay. And then in August, we are celebrating our fifth birthday officially with the birthday beach bash in Cancun. And so it's Ooh. four days. Yes. Cancun <laughs> is where it all started five years ago. So I'm super excited um, to, to go back there this time with a much larger group of women and at a much more luxurious <laughs> resort than we were at the first time around. Um, but the, the evolution is really real. You know, people, I think when I did my first trip that had um, over 50 women, you know, I got all these messages and DMs like, how in the world did you do this? But people didn't see, you know, they weren't around when I took 10 women to Cancun five years right. ago. And they were all my friends. You know, I could not get anybody outside <laughs> of my immediate network to travel with me. And so the evolution, you know, has been 100% organic, but it's been beautiful and just a blessing, you know, to be able to build up the trust that it takes to be able to get people to, you know, leave the country and, and travel with you. So if you would like details, you can log on to busyatthebeach.com. Love it. So there, there's two things that you just mentioned that I want to um, touch on. One, um, you know, you said you definitely believe in the self-care uh, vacation and playing hard. I can definitely agree with you on that because it sometimes it irks my spirit when I see stuff online. You know, people talk about I'll sleep when I'm dead or, you know, hustle where they, they basically are working 24-7. Um, but there has to be some form of balance and self-care. You know, people get burnt out. And I'm seeing so many people um, that are big in these spaces and YouTubers and creatives and, and, you know, personal brands of women now speaking openly on social media about the burnout because they're not implementing, you know, the self-care and they're not celebrating the moment and they're not taking vacations because they're so focused on the hustle. So I think that's important for one. And two, you spoke to um, the evolution of what it is that you're doing, because there are some women out here that feel like they need to start off perfect. And they'll go, who's going to come and who's going to, you need to start, start where you are and build it, build it from there. It will eventually evolve once you put things into action. So thank you for those two points. 
course, of course. So true. And I don't think those things are stressed enough. So, I mean, obviously on top of, you know, all of the, the work that you put in, like you mentioned, you do um, make time for self-care. So what are your self-care rituals? I love to travel. And so I <laughs> do that literally as often as I possibly can. Um, and luckily the work that I do, you know, all I need is Wi-Fi to be able to do it. So mm-hmm. traveling is a big part um, of my self-care. I also have like this massage ritual that's kind of ridiculous, but I need a good massage, um, especially, you know, sitting up, typing on my computer. My posture is terrible. So um, the spa is always a good idea. And then um, I would have to say meditating, like meditating is game changing. And that has really worked wonders in just um, staying focused and also um, keeping the positive mindset that you need to have when you are pursuing your goals. Speaking of positive mindset, um, you know, how important is self-image to you in being able to do all that is that you do? Uh, It is one of the most important things. And and I spoke a lot, you know, I talked a lot about um, uh, self-awareness and all of those things with the Single Wives Club when, you know, in relationship, in relate, in relation to relationships, um, Mm -hmm. you know, knowing who you are, knowing the the, um, energy that you're putting out, what you're attracting, Mm -hmm. all of those things. And that matters in all areas of life, uh, whether we're talking about personally or professionally. So um, knowing who you are adds to your confidence, um, you know, and being able to, in order to be able to fulfill, you know, these, these dreams that we have, you have to recognize who you are and whose you are so that you can go out in the world and let them know how great you are. Um, so I think that it is everything when it comes to entrepreneurship or success period. <laughs> you're talking and like, I'm getting goosebumps, like inside my spirit. Cause everything that you're saying is stuff like exactly like what I say to my clients. Like, you know, you have to understand who and whose you are. And so I've been following you for a long time on Instagram. So I obviously, you know, can relate to a lot of the stuff that you post. It resonates with me. So I I love that, you know, outside of how you are on social media, like speaking to you, I'm getting that same vibration, that same energy. So thank you for being consistent with that. Yes, of course. (laughs) So I'd like to know, and I'm sure many of the people who are listening would also like to know, with all of the success that you've been able to attain, what adversities have you had to overcome to get to where you are now? Ah, so the abusive relationship, I mean, that was pretty tough. Like that, that was, uh, I would say that was, uh, an adversity, but that was actually probably one of the biggest blessings because it literally set me up to be able to do all of the things, um, you know, that followed that. So that was one of the adversities, but I, I can't say that it was like, I mean, it was pretty bad. I'm not going to sugarcoat. It was bad, but it wasn't like devastating. Um, but I have to say that was one of the adversities. Once I started the Single Wives Club, one of the biggest things um, that I ran into was the doubts and the fears of other people. You know, no, there wasn't an, a such thing as a single wife before I created it. Nobody understood it. People didn't understand how in the world I was going to turn this into a business. How can you monetize, you know, something like this? Who are you as a single woman to start a business, helping other single, you know, I ran into Mm -hmm. all of those different things. And that um, just, you know, in terms of challenges, that was probably one of the biggest challenges in just having to build my confidence to the point where nobody else's doubts, you know, could shake me or to get me or could get me off my path. 
I find it so interesting that, you know, you're talking about um, getting over the doubts and fears of other people because you created something that doesn't exist. And I was just having a conversation um, with my boyfriend, my partner, and he asked me a question. He said, if, if something doesn't have a name, is it real or does it exist? So we had a bit of a bit of a debate because my perspective is just because someone's perception of it, it's it's how do I say this? Just because it doesn't exist to one person doesn't mean it doesn't exist, period. Like, for example, um, you know, uh, I don't know, atheists don't believe, you know, in, in God. I'm a believer in God. So mm -hmm. just because they don't believe God exists doesn't mean God doesn't exist, right? So it, in terms of marketing, um, especially when you're in a space where you're creating something to other people where they haven't seen it yet, it's how do you how do you present that to them for them to believe it? Um, I want to say you don't. <laughs> but in some circumstances, you have to. Um, but in, in my case, I didn't need those people, you know, to keep going. So if we're talking about like you are present, you're doing a um, a pitch in front of potential partners or sponsors, and you know they're they're not convinced, and you have to convince them. That's one thing. But I'm specifically talking about the people who are closest to you, you know, that have all of the doubts in the world because they know like the old version of you, and they cannot imagine this me mm -hmm. going to take. Mm -hmm in order to, you know, pull off whatever it is that you're saying you want to do. So the people who, you know, I had the most trouble with were the, you know, my quote unquote friends. It was, you know, my mom who still to this day does, thinks that I'm like playing around, thinks that I'm you know, <laughs> playing games on my computer. Like all yeah. of So um, I will say, you know, for the people who don't get it, it's not for them to get. You know, I think that I like to use the example of, you know, like being nearsighted and farsighted. I think that us as the visionary, we're farsighted. Like it doesn't have to be right in front of our face for us to believe in it, for us to know that it's possible. Whereas right. those people who you are trying to beat into believing in you, those are the people that are farsighted. They can't see unless, you know, I mean, those are the people that are nearsighted. They can only see what's right in front of them. They can't mm -hmm. see anything beyond um, you know, what, what's right in front of their face. And for those people, they're just going to have to wait, you know, and see it once you bring it to life. But I would not recommend or advise that anyone waste time trying to convince other people um, of, of their dream or, you know, to believe in them. Uh, I definitely agree with you on that. I think most times the people that are around us that love us, they got comfortable and used to and programmed in seeing us in a certain light. But when you start to evolve and your vision becomes, you know, bigger to a point where, like you said, they can't see that when you start walking in that and they see you doing certain things, they don't connect it because they're like, well, the you that they know or that they thought they knew or that they knew in the past, it doesn't connect for them. So them doubting and their fears, it's not necessarily coming from a negative place saying, you know, that they don't want you to do well. It's just their perception of you isn't there yet. And I use the word yet because some people come around, <laughs> you know, where they, they see the evolution and they start to celebrate you. Uh, but there are those people that, you know, knew you from 10 years ago and will say things not necessarily to be negative, but it's their, their perception and perception is reality. So that's their, uh, I'm going to say their truth of you, not your truth. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. So um, <laughs> I read this article that talks about how your, uh, what your favorite type of shoe says about your personality. And, you know, it's no surprise that I'm obsessed with stilettos. Um, so I love to ask the woman that come oh, on the show, yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite type of shoe? You know, I'm is it a flip flop? Is it a sneaker? Is like, <laughs> don't be scared. Oh Lord, I'm scared about what this is going to say about me. Um, <laughs> what are the options? I mean, something flat, I guess a boot. It, it could be, you know, it could be a boot. It could be a flip flop. It could be a sneaker. Like what's your favorite type of shoe? I'm going to go with the boot. The boot. Okay. Let me see the boot. Oh, okay. So uh, boot wearers are always looking ahead. Look at that. I mean, you just talked about being the visionary. <laughs> Look at that. All right, I'll take it. I was scared. I was scared. <laughs> so before I do the final segment of the show, I want you to just let everybody know where they can stay connected with you online. So I am at Coriel on all social networks and Coriel.com online. Okay. Awesome. So the final part of the show, um, I like to call it a walk in her stilettos, but for today, we'll call it a walk in her boots, uh, <laughs> where you just share general inspiration from your walk. So there's general questions. Um, I'll shoot them out and you say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Uh, question number one, name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life. Ah, Think and Grow Rich. Mm, love it. Love it. That's really cliche, um, but it is a life changer. Can you, um, I guess, speak to one way that it changed your life? Oh, my God. Learning about <laughs> the power of your words and your thoughts. Um, I think that to people who haven't read the book, it's like a, you know, like a generic thing. Like, oh, I'm going to just speak positive thoughts. I'm going to just say what I want. But he really teaches you like the science behind it, like mm -hmm. how it all works. So that you get it um, and you don't think that it's just like this abstract idea. I think he does a really good job of explaining how it works. So for those listening, Think and Grow Rich uh, by Napoleon Hill, an amazing book. It's been life changing for billions and billions of people. Um, and I love that you chose that book because actually my mentor, Bob Proctor, was mentored by Napoleon Hill. And that's where he gets a lot of his um, practices and, and success principles from. And when I tell people that my personal mentor is a, you know, 85 year old white man, they're like, ha like, I don't understand. <laughs> um, but, but it's the principles from thinking grow rich that he breaks down even further. So I don't want to use the word dumbs down, but he, you know, puts it into layman terms so that we can actually live things out and manifest the life that we want. So thank you for um, listing thinking grow rich. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, next question. Uh, if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> it would say, this is a good one. Oh, I got to think about this. Um, okay. It would say you already have everything you need to get everything you want. If you are willing to work, mm. workplace.com. <laughs> <laughs> love it love it <laughs> okay name one of the most worthwhile investments you've ever made and that could be money time energy 
Um, investing in myself has been the best investment that I have ever and will ever make. And that's everything from reading to meditating to therapy, like knowing that I am my biggest asset and investing in myself has been the best um, investment. Thank you. So like for, for all the women listening, I want you to take note because all of this, all of the um, powerhouse women that I've had on here, that has probably been majority of, of the, the response is personal development, understanding the investment in yourself um, in order to attain and achieve everything else it is that you want in all other areas of your life. So take notes. <laughs> yes, so true. Um, next question, what new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life in the last five years? What new, meditation. Mm. <laughs> I, was, I was about to think about it and then I'm like, wait, habit? Yeah, definitely meditation for sure. Okay, awesome. Um, what have you become better at saying no to in the last five years? And that could be distractions, invitations, family. Saying no to things that don't serve my purpose. Um, and this is very recent. Even last year, I was saying yes to a bunch of things that, you know, sounded good or even looked good, but just weren't really the things that God, you know, was calling me to do. Mm. So um, saying no to things that don't serve my purpose. I love that because, you know, based on everything that we talked about and if people Google you and, and follow you on social, um, understanding that you don't have to say yes to everything. You don't have to say yes to everything to be successful. You don't have to say yes to everything to, you know, evolve and to elevate in life. Understand what is for you and what is not for you. Not everything is for everybody. So I, I love that you, you answered that with that. Yeah. Uh, let me see. One last question. Mm, which one shall I pick? What advice would you give your younger self? Oh, forget these guys. <laughs> um, forget these guys because you, you're wasting your time until you become the woman um, that God created you to be so that you can attract the man that God created for you. I wasted mm. so much time in these clubs, reading these books, doing all of these things that literally were never going to get me closer to what I wanted until I started working on me um, and focusing on me to the point where I was so focused on myself that all of those silly little things that I was doing, trying to find a husband, I didn't even have time for those things because I was so focused on improving and evolving. Um, so forget about the guys, the right one will come along. I love that. And because you, you answered that way, even though I said the last question was my last question, that made me want to ask you one more question. Like <laughs> when you feel, when you feel overwhelmed and unfocused and uninspired, what do you do? So I love um, Abraham Hicks. I listen to her YouTube all the time. And I also love um, Reverend Michael Beckwith. He has a church called Agape in LA. And I listen to his sermons whenever I feel like, okay, God, really? What's up? Um, mm -hmm. So those are my two um, go-tos. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Coriel, for sharing your wisdom and your journey with us. I appreciate you. Um, I mean, is there anything else that you want to uh, share with the audience before we go? 
Um, I would love to invite, you know, anyone who's interested in attending Work, Pray, Slay. We are returning to ATL for our seventh. It just sounds like our seventh year doing this. Um, October 31st through November 3rd, right here in ATL. And early bird passes will be on sale March 1st at WorkPraySlay.com. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Thank you for having me. So until next time, download the Awaka My Stilettos app or, and subscribe to our newsletter at awakamystilettos.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review. Let us know what you thought about the conversation. What do you have to add? Share your thoughts. Continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling.